the Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles well, away. Arrived, we found the we have a, a weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Good morning. Murder. Exorcisms have been terrifying people for hundreds of years. There are dozens of horror movies to prove that fact. But exorcisms are a real thing that were performed throughout history and often had tragic outcomes. One of these horrific events happened June 22, 2005, in a Romanian monastery. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. In January of 2005, 23-year-old Marisika Irina Cornici moved into the Tanaku Monastery. She was born into a broken home, and following her father's suicide, she grew up in an orphanage. When she was 19, she started to nanny for families, and after a friend from the orphanage became a nun, she decided to do the same. Soon after joining, Marisika began to exhibit strange behaviors unfavorable to the monastery. She would giggle during mass, and by April, her mental state had deteriorated. Doctors at the local psychiatric hospital diagnosed her with schizophrenia, but after just two weeks of treatment, released her back into the care of the monastery. The priest at the time of Marisika's illness was Daniel Petre Corogianu. He was only 29 years old and had chosen priesthood after following religious studies at a university, but quit to devote himself to running a Romanian Orthodox Church monastery after he was ordained. Father Corogianu thought that it could not be mental illness, but demonic possession. Even her friends and own brother, who stated that she never exhibited any signs of mental illness, believed that the possession was the only answer. Her brother even testified in court that he saw Satan go into her. The nuns began to bound her hands and feet and lock her in a room in an effort to stop her violent movements. A few days later, they chained her to a cross with her arms stretched out and carried her into the church with plans to anoint her. They truly believed that she could have killed herself or one of them. They also stated that Marisika knew she was possessed and begged the other nuns to tie her up and help her exorcise Satan. Her wrists and forehead were anointed with holy oil and she was kept in the church for three days with a towel in her mouth to stop her from cursing. They prayed to cast out the devil and would wet her lips with holy water, the only liquid she received over the days. She was then moved back to her room, believed to have been properly exorcised. 
She was then given bread and tea, but fainted quickly after eating. The nuns, having trouble finding her pulse, quickly called an ambulance. While the ambulance was on the way to the hospital, she was administered six doses of adrenaline. By the time she reached the hospital, she was dead. Original autopsies showed that she died from dehydration, exhaustion, and lack of oxygen, all at the hands of the father and his nuns. They were charged with murder and depriving a person of liberty. Father Karo Gianu was sentenced to 14 years, while the four nuns that assisted were sentenced to five and eight. He was released in 2011 after serving two-thirds of his punishment. His monastery was closed and he was defrocked. In 2014, another autopsy was performed and determined that her cause of death was not at the hands of those in the monastery, but from the overdose of adrenaline given in the ambulance. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on June 23rd. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there is always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.